Hi, and welcome to the Turbo Machinery Controls podcast, where we'll be informally discussing turbo machinery controls and turbine safety related questions and topics. Opinions expressed here are our own and not necessarily those of Trisen. I'm Tom, and I'm with Jim Jacoby, Vice President of Technology here at Trisen. In this episode, we're going to be talking about some questions that have been bugging me ever since I sat in on a webinar um, where the presenters, I think there were three or four of them, they were, they were all on the API 670 committee, which was cool. But then um, they all worked for a controls hardware provider, which got me thinking. And so I have three questions. So my questions are, one, what's the makeup of the API 670 committee? Two, what's the role of solution providers? And three, are control systems vendors overrepresented? So you're on the API 670. What do you think? Yeah, I think the answer is yes to all of them. Um, well, let's let's just go down through your list. So um, maybe just a little more history in, in the API committees. The most basic or original intent of these uh, API standards is to provide a purchasing standard for the product. So going way back when a customer wanted to buy a compressor or a steam turbine, there were several people that made them, but there wasn't much commonality in the way they were built or the accessories that came with them. And so it was hard for the purchasers to really compare the offering. So by coming up with these standards, each of the manufacturers now had a, basically had a target around which to build their designs. So the parts that they were really part of their proprietary design, like the aerodynamics. Nobody told them how to do that. But, you know, standard definitions about the way a flange was made or uh, equipment they used on a Lubel skid or something like that. It, it was it, it allowed the both the purchaser and the vendor to have a common language, make it easier for people to bid apples to apples. So from the beginning, these committees have ideally been made up of both the end users, and the vendors. Uh, now, as it turns out, the vendors do a lot of the work. It's just, you know, they that's kind of how, I guess, they ingratiate themselves to the end users, partly. But, it, you know, somebody has to do the work, and this gives the committee somebody to actually, you know, go to the, the work of writing all the paragraphs. It tends to be the end users that decide what actually goes in. So subcommittees will write the paragraphs that are, or updates that go in these standards, and then it's voted on essentially by the members, but those members tend to be the end users. So that's basically the makeup of it. Now, as I mentioned, you know, the role of the providers is to offer input on what the newest technologies are, you know, the way they're they're going with their designs, and also for them to understand what the customers need, and then also to help with all the the grunt work of putting these standards together. Now, um, when it comes to the API 670 committee, the control systems vendors really, I guess, are are new to this standard. Initially, this was strictly vibration gear, right? Mm -hmm. So um, it wasn't until the 90s, really, that um, they started 
adding other protection. So for 670, the controls vendors are generally there because they also sell overspeed trip equipment or uh, now I guess the, the surge detection equipment. So that really is the extent of the participation of the controls vendors in the 670 committee is just for that part of it. The governors uh, and surge controls are still not really part of that standard. Yeah, so maybe it's just the optics of it, right? That's that right. Just being sensitive. It just seemed weird. Yeah. You know? Well, what you'll see, they, they break the, the committee down into different uh, subcommittees and, you know, kind of based on the different paragraphs that are in the standard. And you won't you won't see the the guys like Woodward and Trison involved in, in all the stuff that uh, is associated with vibration and displacement or, you know, the rod drops and stuff like that for the recips the, because, you know, the controls guys don't participate in that. So their involvement is strictly in the, in the parts of the standard that apply to their end of the business. Yeah, and, you know, it just, it, it just sort of felt like, you know, sort of the fox in the hen house kind of a thing oh, a yeah, little yeah. bit, right? Like, hey, we've got this new technology. You guys really need it. Oh, yeah, right? yeah. When, you know. oh, it, yeah, it's, it, and it's um, when you look at the standard early on, especially, they, they were rather prescriptive. And uh, that was something we heard from, especially in the 612 committee, that the end users wanted to get away from prescriptive uh, standards and uh, make it more performance-based, and uh, which I thought was a good idea because, you know, one of the things we saw early on in, in 670 for overspeed trip was that it had, to, it had to function in 40 milliseconds. Well, there wasn't anything magical about 40 milliseconds. There was no science behind that. It, that was how fast the one vendor that had a product already, that's how fast their system was, right? right so nice. That's, that's what they went with, right? So clever. So, yeah. Clever of him to yeah. be there to do that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and fortunately, the, the, the last uh, time around, we, we got uh, the, you know, performance standards in there now. So if you want to know how fast your trip system needs to be, you need to figure out how fast it needs to be. Right. You, know, you need right. to calculate it and then determine, you know, frequency of testing and, and redundancy and all those things based on the, the SIL uh, determination. So that that I think was a big improvement. But there's still there's still a lot in there that uh, you know it, you can tell it's it's based around what's available, not based on necessarily what's the best solution. Right. Okay. So the truth is neither here nor there, but somewhere in between. That's right. Probably. That's right. And um, that's it for this episode. Drop us an email at turbomachinecontrols at trison.com. Let us know what you've got on your mind. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.